0: Hello, and welcome to this FRDH podcast. I'm Michael Goldfarb. What is the historical process by which something becomes sacred? Is it possible that events of modern history will someday take on religious significance? Or are people today intellectually and emotionally incapable of understanding their experience as awesome, in the sense that the great religions mean the term?
1: Schochain
0: i recorded this polish cantor one of the very few who remain praying on the site of crematorium two at auschwitz in nineteen ninety five at a commemorative ceremony to mark the fiftieth anniversary of the liberation of the camp by the red army i covered the ceremony for npr And even as I was checking my sound levels and thinking about how I would feed my material back to Washington and not lose track of Elie Wiesel, who had promised me an interview but was now, as the most famous living survivor of that singularly horrific place, surrounded by dignitaries and his fellow survivors and their children and their grandchildren, and probably not remembering his commitment, I had time to think, what happened in this place, terrible as it was, might also be sacred. Most of the great religions were founded so long ago that it's not possible to understand what made people imbue a man or set of teachings with the quality of the divine, but certainly much was born of pain and violence. The crucifixion of a Judean rabbi, one of thousands of Jews put to death in that fashion by imperial Rome, is at the center of Christianity. The first cadres of Christian saints came from grisly martyrdoms. This connection between enduring unimaginable violence and the sacred was alluded to by Abraham Lincoln in the Gettysburg Address. That brief speech was written to mark the dedication of part of the Gettysburg battlefield as a final resting place for some of the 50,000 casualties of the three-day fight. He spoke of the brave men, living and dead, who have consecrated the ground already. Hadn't the nearly one million Jews who died at Auschwitz consecrated that ground? Isn't the place, which also contains the dust of Poles, Roma, and Russian soldiers, but overwhelmingly Jews, a place of religious significance? The Nazis blew up the crematoria just ahead of the Soviets' arrival, but the foundations remain like ruins from antiquity. That day, standing near the steps that led down to the gas chamber... Elie Wiesel added to my sense that this was sacred ground when he prayed.
1: God of forgiveness, do not forgive those murderers of Jewish children here. Do not forgive the murderers and their accomplices, those who have been here, and remember the nocturnal processions of children and more children and more children, frightened, so quiet and so beautiful. And if we could simply look at one, our heart would break. It did not break the heart of the murderers. God, merciful God, do not have mercy on those who have no mercy of and on Jewish children.
0: Much later in the day, back in Krakow, I got my interview with Wiesel. A five-minute ride in his car as he went from his hotel to a function in Casimir's, the old Jewish quarter of the city. Unintentionally, he took the seed of my thought on Auschwitz being sacred and planted it deep into my soul. He recalled people going to their deaths, their families already gone before them, wondering who will survive to say Kaddish for them. Kaddish is the Jewish prayer for the dead, and we say it on the anniversaries of their departure from this life and on the Day of Atonement. Who will say Kaddish for me? Who will remember me? Remembrance leads to ritual. Ritual, repeated by generations who can have no personal recall of those being remembered, leads to religion. For Jews, every catastrophe has led to a new concept of Jewishness and sacred Jewish religious rituals. In the 6th century BC, the destruction of Jerusalem in the first temple by King Nebuchadnezzar led to the Babylonian exile. There, the Jews hung up their harps by the river and wept. The canonical texts of the Hebrew Bible were rearranged, some new ones, notably Jeremiah, were written, and the Torah, the five books, became central to Jewish worship. In A.D. 70, the second temple was destroyed by the Roman Emperor Titus, a sacred holiday. Tisha B'av, is how Jews mark these destructions. The catastrophe of A.D. 70 also inaugurated a period of several centuries when the Talmud, The Commentaries on the Sacred Texts was written. The Second Temple's destruction heralded the beginnings of a diaspora that would last nearly two millennia. Our wandering is an essential part of our identity. Next year in Jerusalem is what Jews say at the Passover Seder. After walking down the steps into the remains of the shower room in the crematorium, I wondered if there had been anything more catastrophic in Jewish history. There hasn't been so much has been lost even the old cantorial way of praying i managed to get a bit of it on tape at auschwitz listen for a few seconds As with the earlier calamities, the epic event of the Holocaust has led to a major change in Jewish life. The Zionist project in Palestine was underway, but it took the Holocaust to create the conditions that led to the State of Israel. Diaspora was at an end. And yet, beyond that political fact, there is no new prayer, no new ritual in Judaism to mark the Holocaust. Why? A few years after my visit to Auschwitz, I was in Jerusalem to make a documentary. On Shabbat, I went to the Western Wall to record secretly, and to pray. I may be secular, but I'm not immune to Jewish rituals. I was invited to join a minion, a prayer group by some Karlebachers, ecstatic followers of the many rabbis, Karlebach. We joined hands and sang and danced in an ever-widening circle. It was an old song, L'chao Come, my love, let us go and meet the bride, the Sabbath. I wept. Of course, I did. The apostate keeps his tears for what he has forsaken locked away, not just the religion, but all his beloved generations who believed. But sometimes they leak out. Afterwards, comparing the two experiences, I know where I felt more overwhelmed by what it means to be Jewish today, chosen and forsaken. Today, What happened at Auschwitz is used for political purposes. But someday soon, I hope remembering Auschwitz will lead to rituals. I hope it becomes an obligation for the world's Jews to go and say Kaddish for those who died wondering who would say Kaddish for them. Remembrance, ritual, the passage of generations. A Religion's Evolution And that's all for this FRDH podcast. You can hear more, lots more, at the website, www.goldfarbpod.com, and you can make a donation to keep these podcasts coming. Please do. Thanks.